1: You're listening to the Unfiltered Life Podcast with Charlotte Jonesy.
2: Hey everyone, it's Charlotte Jonesy here, the women's coach. Welcome to the Unfiltered Life podcast. On this show, I'll be sharing the highs and lows of life with helpful hints, tips and experiences. I want to inspire you to step outside of your comfort zone, to turn your pain into purpose and create your own version of success. As a life coach, mindset mentor and mum, I am passionate about helping women through life's challenges. My guests and I will get uncomfortable. So that you can feel comfortable, bringing you a real honest and unfiltered view. There's a lot
1: of mum guilt in this. A lot of reasons why parents make the decisions that they make is because they feel guilty. Everyone associates sleep training, in inverted commas, as cry it out. And it doesn't have to be like that. Yes, there is some crying, but we are assessing the cry.
2: Hi everyone and welcome to the Unfiltered Life podcast. Today I want to speak about baby sleep because it's one of the main things parents have to go through and it's torture. But the question is, do we have to deal with it long term? Do we just have to get on with it? Do we just roll over and just accept it as a parent that you just don't sleep? I hear a lot of, I'm used to this, it's just the way it is, my partner and I don't share a bed because I need to be with my baby. Sleep deprivation is just part of the package. And to some degree it is, but I don't believe in these statements. They imply it's okay not to have boundaries. I will accept whatever it is. Whilst it works for some, for many it doesn't. Sleep deprivation causes mental health problems, including postnatal depression and anxiety, relationship issues and even separation. It can cause resentment, irritability, anxiety and so much more. It's the root cause of a lot of issues. So I want to share my honest experience working with sleep expert Jay who is my guest today. She's not only a certified sleep consultant but she's a mum to three girls and also she was an exhausted, snappy, sensitive and emotional mummer due to lack of sleep until she learned how to get her babies to sleep. And now that's exactly what she does for other people. So I want to welcome Jay onto the podcast. Hi, Charlotte. How are you? Good. Nice to have you. I mean, we have been speaking for a long time. (laughs) While you've been helping me kind of navigate how to get Leo's... This is my little boy how to get him to nap longer, how to get him to sleep during the night, um, how to get him to sleep all the way through. God, there was so much, wasn't there? Honestly, I know I've said this to Jay already, like, you changed my life. And that's a big, bold statement. But we were in such a bad place when Leo turned six months. Like, he went through this awful regression. He was up every 45 minutes to an hour, and it honestly crippled me. Mm -hmm. I was co-sleeping. Matt and I weren't sharing a bed. And I actually didn't know how to deal with it until you arrived, and you know this. I was like, literally, this walking zombie who wanted to fight everyone in the street. (laughs) I was actually really angry. (laughs) Yeah, no, I
1: remember, and I remember your stories on Instagram as well,
2: right? That's probably where I was like, "I need to help you." Yes, <laughs> yes, it was, and that's how Jay reached out to me, and also, so I came to Jay saying, you know, all of this, basically giving her the lowdown on what was wrong, which was, you know, Leo wasn't napping any longer than thirty minutes. He was a cat napper, so I was getting no time to kind of myself and I, you know, he was at this point where he should have been napping longer and then obviously we had this sleep regression which I just didn't know what to do in terms of how to get him to go to sleep during the night and Leo from three months was sleeping all the way through so I actually got my sleep back, you know, it was like going back to the newborn stage and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I, I can't sleep and we can't function without sleep but just to kind of give everyone a bit of an overview because I want you to talk as well and like talk us through everything and how it works. And, but I just want people to know that since working with you, like Leo now self-settles. So like I will put him down for a nap and he will just go on his own. And honestly, this is a game changer. It's incredible. And the fact I don't have to go back into him And we'll go deeper into self-settling because I think loads of people would want to know more about that. But he also sleeps all the way through the night now. Um, Apart from he sometimes wakes up after he's dummy. He has like a completely solid routine. I know what to expect from him. I know when he should go down. And this has a lot to do with wakeful windows. Yeah. Even just having that knowledge of the wakeful windows has been so helpful. Having it a one-on-one Basis because you can read so much online that it just gets really confusing. Yeah. He now naps for like an hour to an hour and a half. He also links his sleep cycles, meaning I get longer naps out of him. I mean, I also know the early signs of tiredness before he gets overtired. So, just to give everyone a bit of context who's listening to this, basically, that's you've done so much for me, and it's incredible what you've done. So do you want to just kind of take over Jay and and just tell us like kind of how it started and how you know how you help people really like myself
1: Yes yeah, so hello everyone so I am Jay and yes I am a mum to three girls so, I've got a seven year old, a three year old, and a two year old. So, my younger two, there's a gap of 16 months. Um, and so, life has been quite hectic with them both being toddlers now as, as well. So, it kind of started off with my first, my elder. So, she's seven. Um, and when she was around two years old, I, up until two years old, I was struggling with sleep with my little girl. I just thought this is life. This is how it's meant to be. Um, I'm meant to be sort of waking up in the middle of the night. I'm meant to be giving her bottles of milk during the night. That's why she's waking. She's hungry. Um, I can't, you know, not feed her because that will make me a bad mom. And you know, all this kind of stuff was going through my head. And obviously coming from an Asian background as well, we have different Culture when it comes to sleep and co-sleeping is absolutely fine and late nights are fine and you know children go to sleep when you go to sleep and you know they adapt to you which is all good and well if you have the time to be doing stuff like that But being British born and having the Indian culture, my life was sort of in the middle. So I would have a bit of the Indian culture, but then I'd have the British culture. I'm aware I was work, I am a working mum. You know, me and my husband were both working Um, there wasn't time for me to only have 3 4 hours of sleep during the night and then get up for work it was just totally exhausting and people around me family and friends around me had no real solution they were giving me solutions which i was already trying and it just wasn't working for me so i ventured out and i used the lovely google search and i started googling how to help children sleep better and you know this was a good 5 years ago and sleep training, sleep coaching, whatever you want to call it, was not that common back then in the UK. I mean, it was around, but it wasn't spoken about a lot. So then I ended up doing a course that I purchased online um, through an American company, and it was a two-week course. I took two weeks off work, and I literally dedicated my life for two weeks to sort my little girl's sleep out. So what initially was happening is she would go to sleep, with me or my partner and what would tend to happen is we would just end up falling asleep with her in the evenings so we literally would not have an evening and there would always be this conversation of it's your turn to put her to sleep no it's it's your turn and you know having that bickering conversation who's going to sort of put her for sleep because we knew our evening was going to end when we put her to bed so we would put her to sleep and then a couple of hours later she would wake up and then she would do that throughout the whole night. And this this was up until two years old, right? So this is she wasn't a baby baby. And so every time she'd wake up, I would give her a bottle of milk because that was the only thing that would help her go back to sleep. So that was my short-term fix, which then led to constipation and, and all sorts happening because I was giving her too much milk. So I had to kind of stop all that. And that's where I started the training. And I literally did the training, followed it through. And she was self-settling, sleeping through the night. And it was just the most amazing feeling ever. And the best money I ever spent because I just thought, wow, this has fixed everything. Like we both were happy to put her to bed because we just literally put her in her bed, in her cot and walk out and she would just fall asleep and sleep at least 11 hours straight. Naps were fantastic. Her personality changed. She was a lot more of a happier child. Her appetite came. Um, She was just more interested in things. There was no clinginess. There was a lot more independency from her. Uh, Just so many things from just the right sleep, not just for me as a parent, but for her, the quality of sleep is really important in all of this. Because if you, you you know, children can sleep 11, 12 hours, right, even if they're co-sleeping. But if they're waking up in the middle of the night checking to see that you're there, that is disturbed sleep. That's not the best quality sleep, right? But when a child is just linking their sleep cycles and just going back to sleep the quality of sleep is much much better and that's where you see a change in their personality and that that's basically where I started um and so I did that and then I started giving advice to family and friends nothing major and then I got pregnant with my second and I decided to sleep train her again but this time I started looking at um courses in the UK and I found out that I could become a sleep consultant and so I decided to become a sleep consultant and help lots more families and and that's where
2: it started really amazing um I mean I love hearing women who have also been through something and then they've actually turned it into so your pain you turned into kind of your purpose and actually helping other families parents you know women kind of get through a really difficult time in their lives actually I don't think until you go through it you don't realize how much it impacts your life like I think you hear about sleep deprivation, you hear that, oh, you're not going to sleep, like, you know, say goodbye to your sleep and and you don't quite realise until you really do, you know, go through it. But let's talk about kind of, you mentioned self-settling, like just for people who maybe don't know or understand what that actually means, because there's kind of all different things on the internet and you do a good job on your own instagram page of kind of sharing the facts and what things actually really mean and how you can help people so like what is self settling and and what are kind of the ways you can do this so there's a difference between self settling and
1: self soothing so a lot of parents when their child is self-soothing, they they say that their child's self-settling to sleep. So self-soothing, there's nothing wrong with self-soothing unless you feel like it's hindering their sleep. And sometimes a dummy, for example, is them self-soothing. But if you find that you're going into the room numerous amount of times to put that dummy back in a child's mouth... It's actually not serving its purpose. It's actually causing them to wake up, and then you're having to look for the dummy to put back in their mouth. So sometimes self soothing could actually be hindering their sleep, and that's what you need to assess to see whether they need that comforter or that soother, or would they sleep better without it. Some children have a dummy, they suck their thumb, or they have a comforter, and in the middle of the night, when they are going from a deep sleep to a light sleep, all they need to do is find that comforter or that soother and go back to sleep. So you are not getting involved in it. And if you're in that situation, then I would say, you know, self-soothing is absolutely fine. Whereas self-settling is something different because it's your child. So I know there's a lot of Debates and stigma out there saying that, you know, children shouldn't be taught to sleep. No, sleep is natural. Yes, we all get that. We all at some point will sleep. The sleep is natural, but linking sleep cycles is something that's not as natural as it could be for lots of children because It's the fact that they need to learn to go from deep sleep to light sleep back into deep sleep. And what tends to happen and why there is so many parents out there struggling with sleep challenges is because their children do not know how to link their sleep cycles. And the way they link their sleep cycle is learning to become independent sleepers. So in the middle of the night... They're not waking up when they are completing a sleep cycle and asking for your help Um, between self-settling and self-soothing. So self-settling is is teaching them a skill set, really. And no one's sitting here saying that, oh, children can't sleep. Of course they can sleep. We all can sleep. But it's really teaching them how to continue sleeping, which is the main cause For lots of parents at the moment, Um, they're having to help them go back to sleep, which is what we don't want, right?
2: Yeah, so something that I was doing was rocking him to sleep or I had to be with him, I had to co-sleep, like I had to be there for him to sleep rather than, you know, kind of what I do now is actually put him down and he goes to sleep himself. Like he's able to do that now and I feel like that's only happened since we've taught him how to do that
1: yeah so one thing I would say is how children go to sleep is how they expect to fall back asleep when they wake up from an end of a sleep cycle so if your child is put down in their car and you walk out and the last thing they see is just the ceiling of their car and them sort of going back to sleep by themselves then when they wake up from a sleep cycle that's all they're going to expect. If you have rocked your child to sleep and you're holding them and then you're waiting for them to go into deep sleep before you put them down in the cot, what you're doing there is you are slowly putting them down in the cot so they don't wake up. So when they do wake up from a sleep cycle and they are in the cot They'll get startled, they'll get confused thinking, hold on a second, this isn't where I started off, so why would I continue to sleep here? And that's when they wake up and they cry because they're still tired, but they can't go
2: back to sleep because that's not how they initially went to sleep. Okay, amazing. That's really helpful, I think, for people to know. So something that when I first you know, started out with you, you were kind of going through the options of how I wanted to do this. And I'd like you to kind of like explain kind of what you shared with me, just so people can understand that there's kind of different ways to do it. I guess where this is coming from is because even before we started working together, there is a stigma attached to having a sleep consultant, a sleep expert, whatever you want to call it, a sleep trainer, because of the kind of old school methods that were, you know, taught, which is the cry it out method. And there's a lot of debate and people don't like it. But I'm going to be honest, like I was nervous at first, you know, when you mentioned sleep training, because I was like, "Oh no, I can't do that. No, no. I'm I'm not ready to do this. Like that's that's not like me. I want to be gentle sleep, but something that you explained to me is that I was already doing the gentle sleeping techniques and it wasn't working. He was still being very dependent on me to get him to sleep which is kind of like the stroke in the head isn't it so just just from you know our initial conversations can you just explain to whoever's listening really the kind of different ways and what it means for your baby really because it doesn't have to be a scary thing no. So
1: I would say there are a few techniques that you could use and it, it all depends on the child's personality and the child's temperament and you guys as, as a family and what you are able to kind of implement in, in the sort of teaching them to independently sleep. And there are gentle approaches out there um where you can potentially be in the room and gradually leave yourself, leave leave out of the room um, after a good few days. But at the same time, those approaches can take a little longer. Um, They could be stimulating your child by you being in the room. And they get used to you being in the room. So it's a bit of a slower process. You need to have a lot of patience for it. But the good thing about it is you are in the room. Now, I'll be honest here and say that the gentle approach doesn't mean that your child will not cry. They will still get upset. It's like anything, right? Like if you um, started nursery, your child started nursery and you started having settling in days, it's very natural for babies To cry when you leave, it's separation anxiety, right? It's the same with a child if you just leave them in their cot. If they are not used to it, and you are and they know that you're not as close as you were previously, they will get upset, and that's just part of their communication. And throughout their life, there's going to be loads of things that they are not happy with that we're choosing for them, but we know that they need to do certain things for themselves for them to have a long-term sort of result from it. And, and you know, I always say a little bit of pain can be gain because it's a short-term pain that you're going through. But when you see the long-term effects and you reap the benefits from it, you think, wow, you know what, I'm so glad I did this, even though at that point you were feeling really upset with what whatever you were doing, whether you were doing the gentle or you're doing a bit more of a regulated response, you know, your child's not going to be happy, happy, happy that you're leaving them. Because if anyone is helped with anything, right? You know, I always use, like if we had a 24-7 robot or a cleaner in our house doing the work for us, we're not going to complain, right? We'll just be happy. It's the same with a baby. If they're being helped to sleep, why would they want anything different if it means them working harder to get to sleep? So that's where we need to break and think, you know what, this is going to be a bit more harder for you, but at least you will do massive long stretches of sleep from it and and that's basically what it is when it comes to sort of different approaches it doesn't matter which approach you go for there is potentially going to be some upset and if there isn't and they're quite content most of the time they're probably going to wake up or they're going to take a lot longer to settle um and finally get it so it could be instead of it being a few days it could be a good few weeks um until they get it which at that point you could lose your patience and just give up and just go back to your old ways so the gentle approach is there for anyone that wants to do it um, I always always offer that to parents and um, but then when we if people if parents do decide to do the gentle approach and halfway through they think you know what let's just switch this up because it's not working we've tried it and I won't feel as guilty now because I did try it. There's a lot of mum guilt in this. A lot of reasons why parents make the decisions that they make is because they feel guilty and they're scared of what other people are going to say about it because it's such a taboo subject. And everyone associates sleep training, in inverted commas, um, as cry it out and It doesn't have to be like that yes the regulated response there is some crying but we are assessing the cry okay so we are not leaving our children to just cry out until they fall asleep exhausted we go in by assessing the cry so that's what you did with Leo a little bit you were assessing his cry right and we go in with the needs but we don't need to go in with the wants and that's that's the big difference in trying to get your child to learn to self-settle.
2: So with regulated response so that is kind of more of the it might also be called like the timed crying method is that the same thing? Yeah even even with the timed
1: like I know there's a lot of books and there's other consultants out there that just say okay you need to stick to this and you have to go in at certain times but for me yes I do have certain times but in those time frames that you're outside the door you have to really assess the cry and you have to kind of understand that when you leave they're at their peak they're going to cry the most but then if you give it a few minutes, the cry calms down. And instead of kind of just thinking, oh, they're still crying, let's go in, assess it. Because if you go in and then come back out again, you're going to push them back up to that peak again. And if you do that all the time, like quite often, you're going to find it heartbreaking because they they go to the peak, they calm down, then they go back to the peak. And you just don't know when this is going to stop. And they may be doing that because you're going in too often. So you have to really, really assess that cry. And that's what I do with my clients. And that's where the one-to-one comes in because lots of parents give up. They say to me, so many parents say to me, "Um, okay, I want to start with you, but I don't want to do the cry out method. Can you give me another option? And then I obviously break it down with them and I say to them, what did you actually do? And then we obviously try a method which has got a bit of crying in it, but it works because I miss supporting them. I'm, I'm telling them, I'm reassuring them. I'm saying, actually, you need to go in now. Actually, you don't need to go in right now. Assess it, compare it. And by just having my first hand experience with just one time of bedtime routine, parents pick up on so much that I say that they become their own baby's sleep expert and and you start to understand your baby you start to understand what the cries are because there's so many different cries right because that's their form of communication and we as their parents shouldn't just think oh they're crying let's deal with it right here and now because that's a short-term fix but there's a discipline side to it as well and and that's where we shouldn't be scared and just pick them up straight away because that could be causing other issues. So there's a, there's a lot to it to be fair. And I was one of these parents that I went for the gentle approach with my two when when she was two. My first my, my daughter when I first started. Because I was one of these parents like, oh, my God, I cannot let my daughter cry. And that's not nice. And if people find out what I'm doing, if my family find out what I'm doing, you know, all these thoughts are going through your head. Right. There's a lot of pressure from everywhere. But I've really started to understand that you do you. And if you see results from it, you do what you have to do. And there's no right or wrong to parenting there really isn't. Like, if you're okay with co-sleeping, if you're okay with waking up four or five times in the night and feeding your child and happy with broken sleep, and you guys as a family are okay, then don't do anything. You don't have to do anything because there is no right or wrong. But if you would like to be able to go out for a meal or go on holiday and know that whoever's looking after your child is not going to be suffering. We're trying to put your child to sleep. All they've got to do is put your baby in their cot and walk out and you and whoever's looking after your child know like 99% that they're going to be sleeping straight through unless they're sick or something's happened, then, then they're the kind of parents that need to be looking in to try to teach their child to self-settle so if you've obviously got sleeping issues and so that's that's what I'd say in terms of the methods and why we do what we do really
2: yeah and I think I mean the cry out method when I was kind of reading up about this the old school method is literally shut the door and just let them cry until they actually fall asleep and I do think that that's, personally, I think that's wrong, in my opinion, just because when you talk about assessing the cry, and honestly, I had, you know, voice notes sending the cries to Jay, you know, yeah. what, what's <laughs> this kind of cry, what's this kind of... And when we would literally be assessing. So if it was like he was, you know, really out of control... Then, you know, we were like, okay, go in. That was only kind of the first or second day. And then after that, they just, I mean, Leo just completely died down. Like, he just become calmer and calmer. And the cry then just became like, you know, just kind of like, uh, kind of like a little moan cry. And then he would fall to sleep. And then now he's got to a point where... You know, he doesn't even cry. He's like, okay, mum, you've put me down in my crib. I give him a little head stroke still. I say, I love you. Right, it's nap time. I leave the room and he will just go on his own. And I think that, you know, you can say, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do crying but until you I I was that person as well until you actually try it and let's just not forget that this isn't the crying out method this is either you know the regulated response timing the cry assessing the cry totally different than just shutting the door and basically putting your earphones in and just ignoring your baby totally different so just want to like kind of share that because you might be oh, I'm not doing that. I'm not letting my baby cry. But at the same time, you're forgetting that it's really important for you to be a healthy, happy, bubbly, a great mom on good form. And now I am I can be that person for Leo. Whereas I was a wreck before, you know, before we started our sleep training. And my mental health was in a bad place, you know, our relationship was in a bad place in terms of, you know, because I weren't sleeping in the same bed and I was too tired to have sex and things like that, you know, that it all has a, a major impact on your family life. And you have to take like all of that into consideration for the sake of, you know, one or two days potentially of your baby crying. But again, like we're talking about not just leaving them And I just think that we kind of need to move away from this whole stigma and you've got to realise you've got to do what's right for you, your family and also your little one because I think it's now really good because Leo is... Like, I'm confident with leaving him with his nanny on Saturday and we're going to be leaving him for a long time and overnight. And I was so scared to do this and I would never have left him in the way that he was before because that just wouldn't be fair, like you said, like the impact on other people. But now I, I have no doubt because I've got his times, to know when he needs to go for a nap and I'll give her the schedule and she'll know what to do. I mean, there may be some... I don't know you tell me maybe (laughs) but you know what
1: even in those situations it's if it's just one offs here and there it's okay for your mum to just do what she needs to do because when when Leo comes back home he knows his routine at home it's the same with nursery like my my two toddlers and my three and a half year old still naps here and there some people might find like, oh my god but for me she needs it because sleep breeds sleep and she has a better night's sleep if she does have a bit of rest during the day but both of them they they are put down on a mattress at nursery and there is a key worker sitting there kind of patting them and I don't do that at home but when they come back home they don't say to me oh mum can you pat me to sleep please because that's not our routine right So whatever happens wherever, same with holidays, I always say to clients, whatever happens on holiday stays on holiday. If you guys end up co-sleeping with your little one because you've had a late (laughs) night, you've gone to a nice family show, it's gone past the bedtime, he's exhausted, you just want to get him to sleep, whatever it is, and you come back in a hot mess because he's just totally gone out of routine (laughs) that's okay because you know that when you come back home you can retrain him you can do whatever I taught you or whatever you've been doing previously just do it again it's only going to take a day or two um me and my husband it was our 10 year wedding anniversary last year in May and we booked Vegas to go for five nights and obviously this was prior to covid and um, everyone was like oh my god how can you leave your three kids like with your mom because i was gonna have my mom and then i was gonna have a cousin come over and just help my mom they're like how can you do that and i went because all my mom has to do is get them ready put them in their bed or their cot mm. and walk out and then my mom has the whole evening to do what she wants I trust my mum feeding them. I trust my mum getting them changed. The only thing that I would have been fearful about is sleep, right? Like, how is she going to have two babies in bed with her co-sleeping? And what if one wakes up the other? And I would never go on holiday if I was in that situation. But because my kids know how to self-settle, it's super easy for my mum to just pop them in their cot and walk out. And they're both, well, yeah, the younger two will just go to sleep. So that is why I booked my trip because I had the confidence that my kids will sleep, right? And that all comes down to family choices and what you guys want to do in in your in your in your family life. Like for me, I like to build memories and I can't build memories with being this moody, snappy, tired mum all the time. Like I, I feel so much more energized when I know my kids have had good sleep and I've had good sleep we're all just happy in general so it's it, yeah I would just kind of say it's it, you know every family is different right when it comes to kind of their sleep the other thing that I wanted to mention was I know there's a lot of again a lot of Instagram accounts and social media accounts that just say, you know, don't listen to sleep experts. Um, You do what you want to do with your baby. If you want to hold them, rock them. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. If you want to do that, fine. But if you are doing that and they're waking up and there is a sleep challenge and it is because they just can't fall asleep by themselves, then you need to weigh out the pros and cons. You need to think, hold on a second, as much as you know, I can do what I want with my baby and there's no right or wrong, what do I actually want? And is it where I want my child to sleep? And like for a long period of night without being disturbed, then maybe I need to look at... T- I don't even want to say the word sleep training. I just want people to understand teaching your child to link sleep cycles. That's kind of the way I want to talk about it, not this regimented robotic way of trying to get your child to sleep because they're mini humans, right? They're little, little babies that don't know how to link their cycle. And we as parents can just teach them. And once we've taught them that, then you'll see much longer stretches of sleep and then everyone will be happy.
2: Yeah you have a lot of mums that really struggle and that like I said at the kind of introduction is that they just kind of accept it and just like oh well that's that's the way it is and it's been like that for the past two years she's now you know moving into toddler world and I just think but it doesn't need to be like that but you've accepted it. And like you said, it's absolutely fine if that is a choice and that's what you want to do. You know, I've got other people who have told me they have just always slept in another room. So, you know, they haven't slept in a room with their partner for the past two, like year or two years. And I just like, whoa, hold on a minute. Like baby is important, but it's equally as important for making time for mummy too and making time for daddy too. And this isn't just like sleep for just babies. Like you get parents who have toddlers
1: waking up throughout the night. And then I see, you know, messages saying, oh, they're only little for a short period of time. Mm. Yes, true. But at the same time, you know, your little one, like I, my daughter who's now seven, there's friends and family that are her age who still co-sleep with their parents because that's what they're used to and like for my seven-year-old yeah. she'll go into her room she's even sort of sorting herself out now I just have to go in kiss her goodnight, and that's it and I don't see her till the morning whereas other parents they their little one creeps in in the middle of the night into their bed and again that's okay if you're okay with mm. it but for me I am quite everyone sleep in your own beds That's that's how I've always been, and obviously with three with a big family, I I can't have my whole gang with me in my bed, (laughs) and so it's just nice for everyone to just have their own space. And so yes, if you are a parent out there where you're doing what you're doing, thinking oh, in a few years' time they'll sleep by themselves, potentially they could, but in most cases, if we haven't taught them that independency. They will always still come looking for you at some point in the middle of the night because that certain sleep cycle they can't do. And that tends to be around four or five in the morning. That's when a lot of children do a good stretch. This is older children now. And then they end up in your bed at four or five in the morning. And at that time, we as parents are so tired we look at the time thinking oh we've only got a couple of hours until we wake up just get into our bed and then you 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 have that habit and again if that's if you're okay with it fine but if you're not and you're sitting and thinking why can't you just sleep in your own room and you've got a problem with it you have to send your child back into their room again and you've just got to do it a few times for them to get it. It's all about consistency and perseverance. If you've got those two keys, then you will go a long way. And that's not just with sleep, that's with anything, you know, discipline, no means no, yes means yes. If you keep saying no, 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 oh, okay, then here you go. Then they're gonna, you know, they're gonna think, oh, at some point, mum or dad's going to say to me, yes, so I'm just going to keep trying. They don't care how long they keep asking you. So it's really, really important that we are consistent and we persevere with anything that we kind of do when it comes with kids, if you want a different result to what you're having at the moment.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking, like, The amount of DMs I sometimes get, it's like, oh, you know, cherish them when they're young. You don't get those moments back. And that's all well and good saying that. And I absolutely do. And I'm grateful for every moment I get. But I just think at the end of the day, I can have those cuddles with my little one, but I can have them during the day, you know. And I do. And I literally cherish those cuddles whenever I have them but it doesn't mean that they need to happen at four o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning you know they they can happen at other points and I don't think it's very helpful when people do say that comment because at the end of the day we're living in the now and sometimes people's now isn't going well like if you think about someone who's completely sleep deprived and they're suffering with postnatal depression or you know their relationship is on the verge of you know breaking up or you know they're really struggling then you're living in the now you've got to find a solution for now rather than focusing on the future and looking backwards that doesn't make any sense to me Yeah, I mean, I would also I've seen accounts
1: where, you know, they've been like, oh, your baby's not young for a long time. And, you know, all these comments. And then you've got parents saying, yeah, but then how do I, you know, stop them from waking up at night? Like, what's the solution? And that person doesn't respond back to that because they don't have an answer because they're saying, you know what, rock your baby to sleep, cuddle them to sleep, do whatever you need to do there and then, which is fantastic at that point. But this mum is struggling. There, It's causing them sleep deprivation. It's causing them postnatal depression. And parents, will people out there that are saying it is what it is. And, you know, that's, that's parenthood for you. Well, it isn't, you know, there are, there are answers out there and a lot of parents are fearful of going to ask for that help because of what other people are saying to them and give it a go, see if it's for you, because the amount of parents that I, that come to me and say, oh, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. And then when they do do it, after I've explained it to them, they're like, thank you so much because I never would have seen it like this and and that's where I want to kind of come out there and say it's okay to ask for help like we we don't
2: bite you know we're mums I'm a mum I've been where you have I totally get it and there's so much noise online Jay like I was reading loads of things about okay Leo should be going down for a nap at this time and he should be going for an hour and a half and then at this time he should be doing this but Leo's his own person he's unique you know he's his own individual like your babies are and they have their own kind of ways of working and, and falling to sleep etc so it's actually having that kind of one-on-one constant contact with you that I found really invaluable and I learned more from having that rather than just reading everything on life and online and becoming so overwhelmed that actually you don't know where to turn because then you're in this place where, you know, you're already so overwhelmed with everything that actually you don't know what to listen to and then you try one thing and that doesn't work and you're like, oh, but why is it not working for my baby? And it's like, well, actually, it's not going to work for your baby because it's just based on generalized... It's general and a lot of like... A lot of people say, oh, why is my
1: child catnapping? And I'm I'm using a certain app and, you know, and it tells me that I need to do this. I need to do that. And I just think, does your app know the quality of your child's last sleep? Does your app know that your child actually only did 30 minutes before it gave you the next sleep time? Because if your app doesn't know that, your child is potentially going to be overtired, which means that. When you do put them down for that next timing, it will be another catnap because they're running off adrenaline. They're running off cortisol hormones, which are released when children become overtired. So, naturally, if they can't self settle and you've put them down a bit too late than what you should have done, they will have that catnap. So there's just so much to it. There is a lot to it. It's not as straightforward. Like I can go on and on and on about all different aspects of sleep. But yeah, just don't, don't just move it away thinking it's not for you. Just just look into it I would say don't be scared definitely
2: yeah and I just think that there shouldn't be this whole stigma around sleep experts at all or sleep consultants it's literally changed my world it's changed Matt's world and Matt was actually you know this Jay he was really hesitant to do it in the first place because he's already got two children older children he was like well we never did this you know we didn't need to do it However, that being said, you know, there was a lot of co-sleeping and caused a lot of issues. So, you know, it, at the set, I was just like, give it a go. Let's just try it. We need to try it. And we did and it's worked for us. Something that I just want to talk about is wakeful windows because... Yeah, This was something that I didn't really understand just by reading about it, to be totally honest, and you explained it really well to me. So could you just like share with us what wakeful windows are and why we need to think about those? Yeah, so there's
1: two parts of sleep, okay? There's the part of how your child falls asleep, so that's the whole self-settling side of it. But the other big, big factor of it is how much sleep they have throughout the day and at night and wakeful windows is an amazing way of working out a little routine for your baby like there's a lot of noise out there that oh my friend's child does this and they're the same age and my one does this but does your friend's child at the end at, in the middle of the night end up co-sleeping with their child but they haven't told you that little bit because if they haven't then you know you need to find out why how comes they're doing what they're doing and most of the time they don't tell you the small bits that oh yeah my child sleeps through the night but really at some point did your child end up co-sleeping with you or did you end up going into your child's room or there's, there's more into it but with wakeful windows it gives you your own personalized routine and you're not following a certain book or a manual so a wakeful window is from the time that your child wakes up to the time that they go back to sleep. So the window is can be shorter for younger babies and a lot longer for older babies. If you find the right wakeful window, which is what I help you with, or you can figure it out yourself, when you find that right wakeful window for your child, you've hit your child's sweet spot. So they're not under-tired and they're not over-tired. If you put them to bed at the right time, there is more chance that they will be able to link onto the next sleep cycle and and not wake up just after a one sleep cycle. So one sleep cycle lasts between 30 to 40 minutes. So if you find that your child is only sleeping up to 45 minutes, that's a typical sleep cycle. So again, this could be the reason the reason could be that maybe they've been helped to go to sleep, so they can't go back to sleep after that sleep cycle. Or, They can self-settle, but you've missed the sweet spot. So you've missed that window. So next time when you put your child to sleep, change it up by 15 minutes. Either put your child to sleep 15 minutes earlier or 15 minutes later to what you originally did the day before. And you just got to find the sweet spot. So you can obviously do it yourself and find. And there are guides out there. I haven't put a guide up there on my page yet because I'm trying to get the right timings and I don't want to give people the wrong information and then parents get upset and stress that, oh, it's not working for my child because that's what I'm trying to move away from because it's so different for every child. There are certain wakeful windows for certain age ranges, but always adjust it by 15 minutes. And if you are able to work off the wakeful window, then you will see a nice little routine happening. You will see the right amount of naps. You'll see bedtime at a certain time. Don't fix bedtime at 7pm. Like A lot of people just think, oh yes, 7pm is bedtime. And Most of the time, 7 p.m. may be too early or too late for a child. It all depends on that last nap or was the nap too late in the day. If it is, you putting them to bed at 7 o'clock, they could be taking forever to fall asleep because they're just not tired enough. Or was the nap too early on in the day, so they became so overtired that they're now running off cortisol, which is a type of adrenaline. So when you try to put your child to sleep at 7pm, they are super stimulated because their body's released all these different adrenalines or all these different cortisol hormones to keep them awake. So... Working off wakeful windows can really help you understand when your child actually needs to sleep.
2: Mm, That's really good. I would say the wakeful windows were definitely something that built Leo's routine. And actually, I then felt more confident, empowered, you know, because I felt like, okay, he's going to go down for a nap now. So I can go and do this or I was able to... Kind of work it around. If I needed to go out, then sometimes I would make sure that he. I mean, this was advice from you as well, as in making sure that I take him out for a walk, maybe on his nap time, so that he's actually getting yeah a a nap during the walk. But something else, I guess, and especially with kind of coming out of lockdown. A lot of people think that if you have a sleep consultant, you're kind of chained to indoors and that, you know, if you do take them out and about, that their routine is disturbed because sometimes we can't plan our lives around their their nap routines. You were really concerned about, right? Yeah. Because you like to be out and about. Yeah. So, yeah, no. How have you found that then? Yeah, initially, it was hard, I would say, because I guess I was making plans, but maybe at the wrong times. Now I'm more aware and now he has this solid routine. I took your advice and I actually try and make the plans around... His schedule so that if I do need to pop out or I do need to meet a friend for lunch, it will be around a time that I know when he'll be napping or not napping or need to be fed so that it actually helps rather than him getting overtired and then, you know, kicking off. I will say the first time um, I met up with friends. We'd just gone out for a really long lunch, you know, when we were allowed outside, and Leo did kick off. Yeah. And it was the first experience of like being in kind of a restaurant with everyone like, Rah. um And actually, these two people like moved away from us. And I was like, oh God, like it's one of those oh, moments. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so that stressed me out massively. Yeah. But like I said, now I feel more confident with it. So is there any kind of other advice you would give to anyone? Yeah, I would say like,
1: obviously we can't all stop life, okay? And, you know, I've even booked to go centre parks and I'm like thinking, oh, how am I going to be doing this? And I'm not overly stressing about it because I know that when we come home, I can kind of go back into routine again. And if you do day trips if you are able to go according, like book things at certain times where you know your child's going to be awake, then I would say book it. Like, you know, to go and see Santa, for example, like try and book it at a time where you know your child's definitely going to be awake. If you feel you can't, you don't have control in that, then I would say, try at least one nap in the cot so that because traveling on the go, it's like us traveling on a plane, we will sleep if if you can, but it won't be the best sleep, right? So if you can try and do one nap in the cot, so maybe the morning one, get that out of the way. And then throughout the rest of the day, just go on the run and do what you need to do. If you feel like it's going to be a whole day event, then I would say try and go get in the car if you're driving and just drive until you maybe leave a bit earlier and drive really slowly so your child gets at least the nap that they need so when you do get to where you're going they've had their nap and just really plan it like that and you know what if it's if it's just one offs here and there i would say just go with the flow just go with the flow yes potentially they may be restless that night But if you plan where the next day you've got nothing going on, just let them catch up on sleep the next day.
2: Amazing. That's really good advice. And what would your best baby advice be for new mums? For new mums, as in newborns? Uh, Up to a year. I would
1: really say wakeful windows okay wakeful windows are so so important and um, a lot of people don't even know what wakeful windows are so go out there and start researching mm-hmm. about it have one eye on your child and one eye on the clock so look for those early signs of tiredness and please don't feel that a late bedtime will mean a later wake up because it tends to normally be the opposite Um, If your child is not having the right amount of daytime sleep and not going to bed at the right time, that's where a lot of early rising comes into play. So if you have an early riser, just have a look and analyse the whole 24-hour period and see where can I kind of adjust things for you to like kind of understand. So sleep, breathes sleep. So I would say the more they
2: sleep during the day, the better sleep they have at night. I know, which you would think that wouldn't work, would you? The more sleep that they have, like the less sleep, you know, if we had too much sleep during the day, but it doesn't work like that, does it, for babies. Um, So that's amazing advice. And there's just one question that I ask at the end of every interview is how have you turned your pain into purpose? So we touched on this. So,
1: I mean, for me...
2: My pain was sleep
1: deprivation, not having a social life, etc. cetera. Um, and I went out, looked, and I found teaching my child to sleep. And that's obviously caused, well, made a massive purpose in my life. So now I have the most rewarding job. I get parents thanking me for changing their life, like you've said, Charlotte, for giving them back their partner for giving them back a nice hot meal for them to watch some tv from them to have their breasts back some people you know breastfeed all night so you know all of those has has been a massive play and so i would say
2: helping families really that's been my purpose in all of this amazing yeah you've definitely changed our lives and I think Matt would give you a big cuddle as well cautious cuddles cuddles, yeah um so I am going to leave all of the details for Jay's kind of social handles where you can find her details about her sleep packages as well all in the show notes but please tell us where we can find you Jay
1: so I work heavily on Instagram. So my Instagram name is
2: sleep like a baby,
1: as ironic as that sounds. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, making sure your baby sleep like a baby. And you can find me on there. You can direct message me on there. I have lots of posts on there as well. Lots of informative information. So yeah, you can get hold of me on there.
2: Brilliant. Thank you for being a guest. No worries. Thank Bye. you. Bye this is the unfiltered life podcast with
1: charlotte jonesy
2: thank you so much for listening to this episode if you loved it please subscribe download and leave me a review if you learned something new or just really enjoyed this episode, then why don't you share it with others by screenshotting it and sharing it on your stories. And don't forget to tag me so that I can see it. If you're interested in life or business coaching with me or any of my programs, then please head to www.charlottejonesy.com for more information. Hope to speak with you soon. If not, I will see you in next week's episode. Lots of love.
0: Support your journey to wellness at B I O P T I M I Z E R S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time consuming